Hello and welcome to the Minter Dialogue Radio Show number 37. Delphine Rémy-Bouton is the founder and CEO of Social Bureau, a social business consultancy created in 2012. With a most interesting background, particularly when Delphine was Worldwide Director of Social Media Marketing at IBM, where she worked for 11 years, she and I share a number of common passions as well as an Anglo-French background. In this interview, we discussed a number of hot topics, including how to manage the social web, how a business can transform to become a social business, and the management of personal branding within the organizations. Enjoy. Hello, bonjour, and welcome to the Minta Dialogue radio show, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, and I'm author of the blog, themindset.com. That's T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes on the blog for the upcoming interview. So let's cut to the quick. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Minter Dialogue Radio Show. Uh, this morning, it's a beautiful 1st of October in sunny Paris. And uh, I have the pleasure to have with me Delphine Rémy Bouton. Now, Delphine, can you explain to us who you are and what you do? Sure. Hi. So I'm, I'm Delphine and I'm a French entrepreneur. I uh, launched my company uh, a year ago. Prior to that, I was um, at IBM where I stayed. I worked there for 11 years and I was uh, actually based for 14 years in London. Um, for the last two years, I now live um, in Paris, but I, um, my, my company called the Social Bureau is also based in, in, in London. So I do a lot of back and forth and going to, to London quite a lot as well. So you're a, you're a star traveler like I am. So um, tell us about the Social Bureau. So what does Social Bureau do? Sure. So the social bureau helps companies to transform into social business. Um, and uh, we help companies to turn into, um, to, 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 to move to become much more digital, uh, to, uh, to be digitally uh, ready, uh, both internally and externally. So we believe that um, people and companies today has, has to move from um, a document-centric approach to a people-centric approach. So we enable the transformation internally and um, the, the transformation as a result externally, how a brand today communicates uh, to, to his, his, his customers and to his employees is, um, has to be radically different from before. All right, you mentioned the, the term of a social business. What does that mean? So a social business is not um, a, a business who has a Facebook or Twitter page. I mean, this is m much more than that. Everything around the enterprise has to be connected. Um, everyone within the enterprise has to be connected. We all are and we can today technologically be connected. The idea is that culturally we need to be uh, a much more collaborative, we need to have a collaborate, collaborative approach uh, to, to business. Um, so, so a social business is a company that is connected with its employees, with its employees and with its clients and partners and allowing for everyone to have a conversation real-time and to help each other. So everybody has the same voice within the company uh, to the same purpose, which is success. Well, so let's go back to uh, your IBM experience because, of course, it's rather an exceptional story. Can you tell us in, in short fashion what, what went on in IBM and how it converted into a social business? 
So that transformation didn't happen overnight. Um, IBM um, is a hundred years old company and it took um, not hundred years to, to turn into that, but it, um, it, it, took a, it, it didn't happen overnight. So it's a, it's a transformation that takes a while and you need to be ready for doing this in steps. So at IBM, the very first thing that, um, uh, that the, the, the corporation did is to allow for its 370,000 employees to be active and to, um, to be participating on the in the conversation online and offline. So, you know, the digital world is not these weird things there and it's like, what is it? It's just an echo of what's happening um, in real life. So you, uh, we say in French, prendre la parole. So we, we you know, we, we talk um, in, in real life and we need to do the same on, on the web. So we're going to be having a conversation, leaving, you know, a comment on a blog, um, et cetera, et cetera. So we're part of the conversation that is already happening. So the first thing that we did was allowing for the employees to, to do that, to create a digital eminence. And so obviously it wasn't uh, you must do this or you mustn't do that. It was if you do this, this is going to not only help you as an employee to create you know, visibility, to create your, uh, to develop your career path, but it's also going to help you know, the success of the, of the company. So let me just to break in on that. So uh, how, how do you accompany that in an organization of that size? What were the, the steps, the critical path for getting that to work? So it's, it's a, uh, it has to be a, a both a top to bottom and bottom up. And bottom up. It has to be, you have to have the executives to, to buy into this idea but you also have the employees to also believe in this, in this, in this new way of, of, uh, of working. Um, and also, you have to think about who owns it. Um, and it can be political, right, in, in, in companies. Uh, is it it's, it's, it's can be a, a, a power um, fight or struggle. And in my sense, everybody owns it. It's everybody's business to be, to be a, a success um, in life. So it's everybody's business to become social and to become, you know, digitally unpowered. Well, wait, wait, I understand that. And you still got 360,000 people you got to try and get to that. So how would you get that ownership to happen? And what are the systems or the tricks that, well, not tricks in, the, in a nasty way, but what are, the, what are the things that can do to allow for that ownership to happen? So you need to... Um, to create some incentive and to show them that, you know, what's in it for them. So from a sales perspective, you can make um, 20 phone calls per hour and pick up your phone and speak to people that are going to hang up on you. Or you can decide to use other tools, you know, Twitter, for instance. Um, we had a, a, an example that uh, there was a, a, a business partner going to, um, onto a sales call uh, to see a customer and he sent a tweet uh, an hour before going to see this customer to say, um, you know, $700 for that uh, software. Thanks, IBM, but I'm not going to make that sale because it's too much. We picked that tweet and we realized that actually he picked that uh, price on the, um, on the e-catalog. And the price was wrong. It wasn't, it wasn't 700. It was 70. There was one zero too many. On, it was actually written wrong on, the, on site. Right. 
So we picked that, and in a matter of two hours, we were able to go back to this business partner and say to him, look, this is not the price, so we've got it wrong on the e-catalog. This is the price. And four hours later, he came back to us and said that he won the deal. So you need to be able to be prepared to have that conversation elsewhere than the telephone or... And so what I'm, what I'm understanding is that you took that as a sort of a business case and you, then you rolled it out. You showed other people in the organization, hey, look, you know, it can work. Is that, would that be a fair? You try to find these best cases or, or best practice examples? Yeah, I like the idea of the jealousy rollout. Yeah, so you do something really well in one country and then everybody in every um, other countries will want to do it. So yeah, best practices, showing to salespeople this is, you know, what you're going to gain if, you know, if you use this, this new tool. Um, the other example is from an HR perspective, um, you know, the, 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 you need to recruit new talents and you have to look, uh, um, you know, out there on, on the social web, but you also need to retain talent. And the retention of talent is absolutely critical today and young people will not um, um, consider working in the companies that don't allow for a Facebook uh, connection. And there is a lot of companies out there that do not allow for their um, um, employees to, to be on, on Facebook while and, they're working. And you would recommend uh, companies to do that? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, we, we need to be connected. So we need to be connected with what is available. And it's Facebook, it's Path, it's Instagram, it's Twitter, it's, it's everything else. It's just another way of, you know, of, if you think about the, the discussion 15 years ago when email uh, went into the, the enterprise and people were saying, oh, you know, we shouldn't be giving emails to too many people, it's going to be counterproductive. Information is going to go out of the company. We're not going to be able to control it. I mean, today, would, you know, you wouldn't dream of having a world without email. Well, there are some people who might disagree with that, like Atos, for example, and, you know, people start banting around about uh, how 50% of my time is spent doing emails and I'm wasting my time doing that. I wanted to go back to your jealousy world. I love that idea. You who, in your role uh, as director of uh, social media or digital media at IBM, you can correct me in a second, um, you were based in London, headquartered uh, in, in the States, and you're responsible for social media around the world. Did you see differences culturally as to how companies or com you know, countries might um, take that jealousy, quote-unquote, and roll out, share? Uh, did you see any differences how some of the countries were with regard to uh, this topic? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I got that job um, four years ago, four, five years ago. So that was at the really beginning of social networks, right? So it was, at the time, it was mainly blogs. Twitter existed only two years before. So Twitter was launched in 2007, and I started this role in 2009. So there was very little people you know, looking at this area at that time, and we had to evangelize internally and very quickly. Um, they made a decision to um, choose someone that was not American. 700 people applied for the job internally, and I got the job also because I was not American, because they wanted someone that was going to evangelize in, in, you know, outside the U.S. and have uh, a marketing and a communications background was, was key. So back to the, you know, who owns it? I think there is like this hybrid, hybrid Mm -hmm. of, of person today that has to have a sales, a marketing and communication background to understand the, you know, the impact that social 
can can have on the business. Uh, from a PR perspective, you need to be, you know, aware of a, a blogger's relationship that is very similar to a journalist's relationship. From a marketing perspective, you need to be able to measure, you know, what are you measuring when you, what is my return on investment or what is my return on ignorance <laughs> if I'm not using it. And then, um, and then from a, and then, and then from a, from a sales perspective, what do I want to achieve? What are my objectives? Is it about lead generation? Is it about awareness? And then those three areas of the business has to be part of a social media role. I hate the word community manager. Uh, ask all the teams around uh, the world uh, at the time to do not talk about community manager. Why? Because I don't believe you manage a community. I believe it's the community that should manage you. And also, um, it's more than that. Um, so it should be about, it should be a social business leader. It should be, we should be able to see new job titles very soon. CFO, chief Facebook officer, CGO, chief Google officer, or CLO, chief listening officer. And that is going to be coming part of, of the board and it's going to be, you know, part of... Um, the, the, the norm. Mm. Um, we are the really beginning of that transformation. I think we need to be aware of that. And, um, and if anything, we should replace um, fear by, by curiosity mm -hmm. and take that as a, as a next step to, to do business differently. I love that idea. So we're gonna, I want to circle back to that in a second, but going back to this notion of the different countries, did you, did you remark any differences in the way that the countries were with regard to the social phenomenon? Sure, yes. So the, the maturity, um, depending on, on, on the geographies, is, 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 is different. So what we see uh, in, in South America, for instance, is extremely different. In Brazil, there is a huge... Um, activity around blogs um, and what we see in India for example you know we see a lot of uh, um, activities on social networks such as Twitter such as um, LinkedIn so I think you know the, the overall you need to think global but act local because people different will be different in different different country you know a lunch and learn activity can really work in the US but in France you know a lunch and learn is like no, when I lunch, I lunch, right? I have my glass of wine. <laughs> right. So you need to be very aware of the difference between... And it's, it's not about the maturity is, is, is different. It's just the culture is different. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the things that we did at IBM to, to, boost, um, um, the, the, to boost the activity of the IBMers on, on the social web was... Um, giving them some incentive. I'm, I'm an addict of Foursquare, and I love the idea what Denis Crowley put together, which is, you know, you, you become when you're, uh, you, you can get a badge when you're a mayor, and it's this sort of gamification. Um, so we created that, um, like um, social business um, badges for people, and we can see that in a lot of Anglo-Saxon countries, people, you know, love that. But in in European country, it was something like I don't care about having a badge. So you need to to think about, you know, culturally, people are obviously very different. But I think there is there is one thing in common. People are willing to share knowledge, and today that's that's the difference. It was before it was the, the power was to the people that had that knowledge, and today the power is to the people that share that knowledge. And I think that's so. I mean, clearly, when you're looking at uh, some of the countries I, I worked in, uh, Russia or in Korea, 
in China, where you have different social networks, you know, QQ or the contact. So you obviously also have to even know how that has an impact on their knowledge of social. So, um, Delphine, just now you were talking about uh, this, the list, chief listening officer. I think it's a great uh, title. Uh, whether it's a, a CLO or, or, or a CDO or whatever, or CGO, what is the profile that you um, would recommend most to bring digital into a company or make a company social? Well, I, I, I think um, that kind of person, um, we have to create one, right? We have to... Um, um, to, uh, to, to, to make that happen. So I think the evangelist has to be everyone within the organization. There shouldn't be one evangelist. It should be everyone's business. It should be coming from sales, from marketing, from um, HR, from communication. So, um, and that will be you know, somebody who's going to be bringing all those people together to understand that they have to. They have to be. A, you have to be a social enterprise today if you want to, to succeed. Right, so the person then would have to have an, a sort of a credibility in front of each of the people in front. So a sales, a sales, a marketing, a communications background, or is it just a, a federating ability, an ability to get everyone to get together? Well, so as I said earlier, I think you have to have a sales, a marketing a marketing and a communication background all together to be able to gather um, the, the importance that it has on every part of the business. Um, I think you need to be, um, yeah, so, so, so and, and you, need to be, you need to be leading that transformation. You need to be taking that on board on everything that you do. So you need to be working differently that, than you do today. And that's, you know, that's something possible. That's something that we, uh, you know, we all ready for. Uh, we shouldn't just fear that, as I said. We should just, you know, get on with it. Well, I agree with you. And uh, this, the, the profile, it also seems to be important, uh, must be able to, at the very least, carry the word of the CEO. But I would say even more often, be able to convert the CEO, him or herself. Because one of the big challenges in organizations top-down is if the top doesn't really exhibit and behave in a social way, it makes for an extremely difficult journey for the rest of the company to become social. Yeah, so you, 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 there is two ways. You can go <clears throat> in the, in, in the t hard way. Michael Dell is the example, right? So um, in, in 2005, there was a, um, a blogger named Jeff Jarvis, very famous in the US, who started to write something on his blog about the fact that Dell was not doing what they were supposed to be doing. So Dell lies, Dell sucks. Um, Dell's response to that was, we don't respond to blogger, right? We, we talk to Financial Times, but we don't really um, want to have a conversation with you, blogger. Um, we know that story. That story got totally out of hand, and Dell nearly shut down. Today, you can be friend of Michael Dell, and he will be friend with you in a matter of seconds. They have about 90 people working 24-7 just doing that, listening what's going on so, um, on, the, on, on the web. So, so you can decide you know, the hard way, or you can be smart and say, I'm going to have to do it because otherwise you know, my, my, my business is going to be in danger. So I, in, I'm taking out of that that you would recommend that the CEO take a leading role in, in, uh, in not only listening but interacting and, and I would say being social. I believe in leading by example. So I believe that, yeah, absolutely the CEO should be 
tweeting from uh, the board meeting. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, and we see a lot of great examples doing that, uh, people doing that today. I mean, you know, it's not tweeting on, on the board uh, as, as the example, but, yeah, leading as an example. Yeah, doing what you want your company to be doing and be part of that conversation it's similar way, in a very similar way than you are in life. You're leading a conversation. You should be leading a conversation online. I, I, I so 100% agree with you, Delphine. So, Delphine, when, when we, um, we look at the IBM success in, in creating a social business, it strikes me that part of that success is, is because of what IBM is in this particular case. It's a consultancy that has uh, assets in the form of its people that are constantly producing content in the form of intelligent white papers, and, 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 and they've created this situation, I think, in part because of who they are. Now, when uh, so the, I work for L'Oreal, a lot of other companies, they are creating products. How, what are the key things that you would say take out of the IBM story and that are transposable on, a comp on other types of businesses which aren't necessarily producing content in the same kind of uh, speed? Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, the example of, of IBM as a technology company does help a transformation when, you know, the, the asset is the knowledge and it's, it's a services company. But I think, you know, that's, that's, that uh, model can be used and reused to a lot of companies today. And that collaboration, internal collaboration, we can see today that that can be replicated uh, from a, an external point of view. So this is not about B2B or this is not about B2C anymore. Welcome to the C2C era where you have to allow for that conversation to take place without, with you and without you. So, um, and so, so, so that's what, that's what matters. It, that, it's, it's a model to demonstrate that we can redo it um, in, in, um, in a customer environment, in a partner's environment, to own the ecosystem to its, to, you know, in, in total. Yeah, so what I take away from that is this, the C2C notion is, well, let's, let's get focused on who the client is, whether you're selling a product or service, and, and reorient, listen to the client, and then create the assets that they want to hear about. All right, Delphine, thank you very much for being on the show. How can someone read up about you, uh, talk about your blog, and, and or follow you? Sure, so I'm on Twitter, at Delphine Arby. Um, I'm also pretty much on every uh, social network you can think of. Um, and I have a blog, DelphineRemyBouton.com, and I also have... I have uh, my blog on uh, um, my company blog, www.thesocialbureau.com. Uh, all right, well, I'll be sure to put all those in the show notes. Delphine, thanks for being here. Look forward to following what you're doing and uh, staying in touch. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue radio show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com, T H E M Y N D S E T where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter. If you like the show, please don't forget to click the handy Facebook like button or tweet it out. And if you speak French, you can find my other French language interviews on minterdial.fr. In the meantime, please come join the conversation at The Mindset or catch me on Twitter at M-D-I-A-L. Happy trails.
Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 